Welcome to Better Animal Handling, episode 164. From the center of Missouri, USA, I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog, and doing her bit, co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from Chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode is on bits for horses. Our topics for this week are basic types of bits. English writing bits, and Western writing bits. Some writers and a few trainers and most bit makers seem to feel that a metal bit is a key pin for control of a horse. It is as if a bit is a missing part of the horse's anatomy that must be filled to do anything with the horse. Unsuccessful riders frequently go to harsher bits as a means to improve the control of a horse. This is rarely a good approach. American Indians and early Spanish Californios did not feel that metal bits were needed all the time or in some cases ever needed. Metal bits are not needed to control most young horses. If not used in early training, bits are not needed to control mature horses. Harsh bits are not an effective means of correcting behavioral problems in horses. However, early Spanish California caballeros would transition horses from a bitless hackamore to bits that, if used correctly, enabled one-handed finesse in control of a mature horse. Because a metal bit is not necessary, when one is used, the best style depends on the preference of the handler and the behavior of the horse when carrying the bit in his mouth. Other mysterious aspects of picking a bit are mysterious, without scientific basis. Bits are metal bars that are placed in the toothless gap of the mouth called the bars, or diastema. Bits are only one aspect of the control of horses. Riders who do not realize this and rely heavily on rein pressure instead of proper use of the seat and legs can injure the mouth of horses and endanger their own safety. Metal is used in making mouthpieces vary. Those that stimulate salivation are preferable. Salivation makes the bit more comfortable and allows the horse to be more relaxed. Cold rolled steel or sweet iron, copper alloys, and nickel silver encourage salivation. Stainless steel does not. Aluminum tends to dry the mouth. There are basically two types of bits, snaffle and leverage. 
with many variations of each. Snaffle bits are usually the first bit used in training and the most common bit overall. Snaffle bits are usually joined in the middle. Reins are attached to the snaffle bits, not to shanks, which are levers, and therefore no leverage is produced by pulling on snaffle reins. The pressure from the reins is directly applied to the mouth. Snaffle bits cause pressure primarily on the individual corners of the mouth. If the horse's head is lowered, there can be some pressure on the tongue and the roof of the mouth. Range should be attached to a snaffle bit above and behind the chin strap or the bit hobble. Otherwise, pulling on the reins will tighten the chin strap down on the lower jaw. Snaffles are direct force bits, meaning they are mild compared to the force possible with a leverage bit. The rings that the reins attached to can be round, called O-ring, or D-shaped, or oval, which are called egg butt. They can be solid, single-jointed, or double-jointed mouthpieces. More severe mouthpieces are twisted wire. There are no shanks or curb straps. Western writing uses a bit hobble that looks similar to a curb strap that prevents the bit from being pulled sideways through the mouth. Snaffles are fitted to create one or two wrinkles at the corner of the mouth. Snaffles are intended for young horses in training, for inexperienced riders who may pull with force on the reins, and for English riding, which maintains constant contact with the horse's mouth. Leverage, called curb bits, are primarily used by Western riding. They are metal bar mouthpieces combined with lever arms called shanks. The shortest shanks are two inches, called tom-thumb shanks. Leverage is a factor of the length of the shank in relation to the shank that extends above the mouthpiece called the purchase. Short shanked bits are better for younger horses getting used to the pressures of a curved bit. Longer shanked bits can exert more pressure, but also signal the horse earlier than short shanked bits. Straight shanks apply pressure more abruptly than curved shanks. Ultimately, the severity of any bit is dependent upon the rider and the force exerted with their hands. The purchase determines the leverage on pole pressure. The shank determines the pressure on the curb strap, tongue, and corners of the mouth. These bits magnify the pull on the reins and create a squeezing effect on the pole, lower jaw, tongue, and in some types of curb bits, the roof of the mouth. Curb mouthpieces are fitted lower in the mouth than snaffles. Curb bits should touch or only create one wrinkle at the corner of the mouth. Most curb bits exert a 1 to 4 ratio of pressure, meaning 1 ounce of pull on the reins will result in 4 ounces of pressure in the mouth of the horse. Bridles consist of head stalls, the leather straps that hold the bit, a bit, 
and reins. English bridles have a noseband or cavasson with reins that buckle together. Cavassons limit the ability of the mouth to open and escape the bit pressure when applied. Western bridles do not have nose bands, although separate nose bands may be worn in conjunction with the bridle. Advanced dressage may use a double bridle, which has two bits, a curb and a snaffle in the mouth at the same time, and has two sets of reins. A cavasson is always used with a double bridle. Double bridles include a small diameter snaffle bit called the bradoon and a curb bit. The bradoon sits above and behind the curb bit, the Y-mouth. Double bridles are used for more sophisticated signaling to the horse. The bradoon is primarily used to raise the head and signals turns while the Y-mouth is used to lower the jaw and collect the horse, push more weight carriage toward its hindquarters. The Kimberic bit and the Pelham bit are English-style curb bits because they apply leverage with shanks, although the bit may be solid or joined. Pelham bits have a second set of ring attachments next to the bit to alternatively exert direct rain pressure. The Kimberic has large rings next to the bit that look similar to snaffle bit rings, but the Kimberic rings are offset and will create leverage. The Y-mouth bit is a straight shank bit used in a double bridle for advanced dressage. Gag bits are double rein bits that have rings on each side with a straight or broken bit attached with small metal tubes that allow the bit to slide up the cheeks and tighten the distance between the bit and the pole. The rings also have shanks attached for leverage. One set, the smooth reins, attached to the rings for snaffle action and the other which are textured reins, to the shanks for leverage on the mouth and the pole. A curb strap is not used with gag bits. Gag bits can be very severe. They're used primarily for warm-ups or retraining periods. A Liverpool bit is a curb bit with several rein attachments for fine-tuning the pressure exerted. This bit permits individualized pressure delivered to horses in team harnesses and allow the reins of the different horses to be joined together, simplifying the signaling to the team by the driver. A western curved bit mouthpiece is a solid metal bar that often has a bend in the middle called the port. High port bits which are more than two inches high, or those with a high welded or joined mouthpiece, such as the Western style correction bit or spade bit, which may also put pressure on the roof of the mouth. Bits that have a hinge where the bit connects to the shanks are called loose jawed and provide an early signal to the horse. Those that 
do not have the hands are called fixed shank. A grazing bit is a curved bit with shorter shanks that curve backward to allow grazing. Although it's generally inadvisable to allow horses to develop the bad habit of trying to graze with a bit in their mouth. The width of a bit should not be more than one half inch wider than the mouth. The distance can be measured by putting a wooden dowel in the horse's mouth and marking the width across. If you have comments or are interested in particular animal handling subjects, contact us at cbc at betteranimalhandling.com. Now let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Well-trained horses and experienced riders do not require a bit for communication between each other. The most common bit is the snaffle. Leveraged bits amplify the rider's hand cues to the horse. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling can be found in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press and available on Amazon and for many other fine book supply sources. My new spiral-bound handbook, Concise Textbook of Small Animal Handling, was recently published and is available from all major science book supply sources. Additional information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. This website has more than 150 past podcasts with notes on handling of dogs, cats, other small mammals, birds, reptiles, horses, cattle, small ruminants, swine, and poultry. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about National Implications of California's Sow Housing Law. Hey, Abby. Sorry you only had a bit part in today's podcast. She said it was time for me to rein in my attempts at humor.